For those of you who listen and watch Adult Chicken on YouTube, you'll notice today I am wearing a Ted onesie. Ted being the bear movie, the talking bad language bear that sings Thunder Buddies with Mark Wahlberg. I am a little embarrassed to admit that that's my son Sandler's all-time favorite movie. If ever he gets the chance to pick a movie, he picks Ted either Ted 1 or Ted 2. That's why he doesn't get the chance to pick movies very often. And a couple years ago, I think he got, I think I gave him a Thunder Buddies outfit for Christmas. And it was one of these wonderful fleece items. So it's basically just a onesie with a Ted hoodie and Thunder Buddies patch on the side, if you can't see it. Well, I liked it so much that I got the whole family a Ted onesie. So Bootsy, Sandler, and myself, and even Kevin, Kevin being the dog, and we wore these. It made wonderful pictures, great photo op in the Ted costumes, and we'd kind of get cozy in the the evenings and put these on. Never did I dream of wearing these in public. Well, more recently, at Christmas time, we went to a boat parade, and it was freezing. And I thought, God, what what do we wear? Ah, let's let's dress Christmas. We'll be Christmas bears. Just put some lights around us, string ourselves with lights, and it'll be functional. And where we'll wear our Ted onesies. And my God, the loads of compliments we got when we enjoyed the festivities all in our Ted costumes. Very few people know we're Ted. Most people think it's the three bears, and so they think it's kind of cute and innocent. Ted's not an innocent bear, by the way. If you haven't seen the movie, in fact, he's he's quite edgy and he's got a mouth on him for sure. I'm Nikki Lynn Chase and this is my podcast, Adult Chicken. It's about navigating life's unexpected. These are my stories. This is my journey about being a single mom to two special needs kids. So more recently, as in last week, we were going up to the mountains. We were going to go take a little trip up to the snow. And everybody has been talking about the snow this year. Everybody, a lot of my Colorado friends have said that they've just gotten a ton. And then a bunch of people in California have gone up to Mammoth or they've gone up to Big Bear. It's only a couple hours away. And I've always told my kids that Big Bear is, that that's not a real mountain. It's fake. And that the snow is also fake because it doesn't seem like Colorado snow. And we've been up there so many times in the wintertime where there's literally been no snow that I just said, well, these aren't real mountains and this isn't real snow. And so two years ago when we went in the wintertime, we continued to go up during the summer months as well. But a couple years ago, we'd gone up and we got caught in this huge snowstorm. And I remember the kids woke up and it was just dumping snow. And Sandler said, He was so confused. And he's like, so that's not real snow? And I said, okay, this time is officially real snow. And that was the time I had to invest in chains, which sounds ridiculous. But in Colorado, I never chained up my car. We had studded snow tires. Winter driving in California is very different from in Colorado uh, because we're going from the beach to the mountains. And you're there in a couple of hours. So it doesn't make sense, obviously, to have studded snow tires on your car. Anyway, I start getting sort of a panic about everything as we're going up the mountain. I know we're not going to hit snow because I checked my weather and I somewhat planned it knowing we weren't going to hit snow. I didn't want to do the whole chaining up thing again. And at this point, I have re-explained what I meant by these aren't real mountains. This isn't real snow. 
and it, in fact it is. So we've got great music. The music is on point. It's playing all the best musics. We're eagerly anticipating this little trip. I've got our TED costumes packed. We're headed up the hill. And I start reminiscing about the various sledding adventures. Since this is going to be our main activity, I start thinking about what we did as far as sledding goes. And we kind of did extreme sledding in Colorado. <laughs> There's so much more freedom uh, when we were kids. And our parents just let us loose. I don't think more to- more times than I don't, I don't think our parents had any idea what we were doing. And I remember specifically this one time we'd gone to the mountains. Of course, I, I grew up in Colorado Springs. One of my very, very good friends, her mom ran a, a ski club. And I'd get to ride the coattails of the ski club. We'd go stay in fancy hotels up in, in this particular trip. We were staying in Beaver Creek, which is a snazzy resort in, in Colorado. And Right when we arrive, you know, we're just kind of let loose, like, oh, have fun, do whatever. And we wanted to go sledding that night, and we didn't have sleds. And so we went, the hotel room had a kitchen, and so we grabbed pans, like cookie sheets in a in a baking pan. <laughs> and we took those, we were, the hotel was located right at the base of the mountain, uh, the ski mountain, and we took those suckers, walked up the ski mountain, and sat on those pans and like something from Christmas vacation, we went about a thousand miles per hour because it's a groomed, that part of the hill is, is groomed by a snowcat. So it's smooth, pretty icy. <laughs> and we went zooming down and then we got caught by security, fortunately, because I don't know how we would have lived through that. And then I was thinking about my entire college life and it would dump snow and there was a bit of alcohol involved. I, I remember one time in particular, we had this huge snowstorm and we tied uh, a rope behind a friend's car and he would drive us around what's known as the hill in Boulder, Colorado, where the college town is. And we'd hold on kind of like a boat with water skiers behind it or wakeboarders. And we'd hold on and sit on the sled and go as fast as a drunk college kid is willing to drive. And you just hold on for dear life. So I'm thinking about those extreme sledding adventures. And it's starting to give me a little bit of anxiety and fear and thinking, you need to be a little more careful and remember that you did really dumb shit growing up. You were had a lot more freedom than obviously kids these days and most definitely a lot more freedom than you give your own two kids because the judgment's not quite there. That's not to say most kids their age have awesome judgment, but mine are definitely, they need constant supervision and I need to be careful. But I did start getting nervous and I started weighing in on, do I make them wear helmets when we go sledding? That sounds ridiculous, but I should probably make them wear helmets. And truth be told, Before we left Colorado, that was kind of the beginning of when everybody started wearing helmets. There had been a couple sledding accidents, I remember. And I remember thinking at the time, well, that's just crazy. What kind of kid gets hurt on a sled? I mean, don't you just jump off if you're going too fast? And also at that time, snowboarding, snowboarders were just finally loosening up on being too cool to wear helmets. I think if I'd been there one more year, I would have definitely been in a helmet. And we had helmets. We had our skate helmets in the back. So I thought, okay, we're covered there. Maybe I'll make the kids wear helmets to 
sled. So we get up there, fine. There's no snow on the road. Sandler's a little confused by the color of the snow. And I said, that is snow. What? And he's looking at the side of the road. So of course it's really dirty. It's it's very brown. It's got all the exhaust from the cars and it's got all of the stuff that they put on the ground to melt the snow. And he's a little bit disappointed. And I said, Sandler, we're not even to the town yet. This is literally just the snow on the side of the road. You're going to see real white snow. We get there and sure enough, there's a few piles of real snow. It had snowed days before so there's still some left over so he was happy and we get settled into our 80s porn cabin (laughs) our 80s style porn cabin and we make our plan to go tubing the next day and I tell the kids you know we gotta get all hunkered in I go get our firewood I didn't chop it down I go and buy Lots of firewood for our fireplace. That's one of my favorite things about this little cabin. And I just am so excited. And I actually can't wait to walk the dog. I know I'm going to get up early before the kids are awake. And I'm going to just take them out and just really have a sort of a meditative experience. I'm going to take some deep breaths of that mountain air and reflect on how far we've gotten. It really reminded me of being in Colorado because, of course, we went from the palm trees to the pine trees and there's snow and it's freezing cold. So I get up in the morning and immediately I just hop into my Ted onesie, I get my coffee, you know, I make an entire pot, get Kevin ready, put my boots on and we go for a walk. And I, there are stairs by, there's a big lake in Big Bear. And so I get to these stairs and I go to take my first step on the stairs to get a little bit closer to the lake and bam I slide all the way down the stairs and I smack my head so hard I'm surprised I didn't get knocked out I mean I hit the ground so hard and I thought oh my god that was really scary and that initial fear of ice I go to the mountains with this vain conceited I lived in the mountains. I grew up in the mountains. I know snow. I know ice. I used to, I never even had an ice scraper. I used to scrape my window off with a credit card or whatever I could find. I'm used to this cold weather. Oh no, I'd forgotten things ice over. And I hurt my head so bad. And I don't know if I hurt my arm or whatever, but it was not bending right afterwards. And that made me really nervous because I realized how quickly ice can just take you out. And so then from that second forward, I was a nervous wreck. I was telling the kids, we'd walk any and everywhere, watch out, that might be black ice. I turned into this crazy lunatic, scaredy cat. And the kids, the first thing they want to do is to go tubing. And we go and we hit the, the tubing slope. We had a blast. But truthfully, all I'm thinking is, that's, this is really expensive and it's really only fun for like the first few times. <laughs> it was a blast, but it's so supervised, you can only do so much. And it's just the constant. I thought I'm getting my steps in for sure. They've got the little escalator without the stairs that keeps taking you up and you get back in the tube. But there are really only so many things you can do. And in my head, I'm kind of thinking, 
this is kind of dumb. Like, at least we were adventurous when we were kids. Tubing hills, you'd go up and you could kind of go upside down. You could go backwards. You could go on your stomach. And they've got rules. You, If you're going to go together, you have to hold on. You have to hold on a certain way. All of these things. It was kind of fun because Sandler kept breaking the rules. And he couldn't hear himself get in trouble. He couldn't hear the guy yell at him. So that was kind of funny. I was entertained by that. But eventually, the novelty of that wore off. So I tell the kids we're going to go to Grandma Amy's Squirrel Hill because I want to have the adventure of real sledding. Unsupervised, just genuine, real, risky sledding. So we pack the car up with our sleds. We bring the dog. We're all set. We all three have our Ted outfits on and we drive. I never know if I'm going to find it. I find it every time. It's not that hard to find actually, but I never remember. I don't know the name of the street. I don't know where we turn. I just go strictly by feel. And sure enough, turn right on the street and I'll be damned. There is this ginormous squirrel. That runs out and it sits in the middle of the street and just stares at us. I hate to say this, but kind of fucking with me. And I'm like, oh my God, it is my mother. It is my mother. Because it wouldn't go. It wouldn't run back. It wouldn't run across. It just sat there staring at me. And I thought, I am not wrong when I say my mom came back as a big fat rabbit squirrel. Because there she was again. As we're on our way to sled on her hill where we dumped her ashes, what, five years ago. So finally, Grandma Amy scurries away. She goes back to wherever she came from, and we head up about another few yards, and we get to her hill, and we unload. And there's another family there enjoying some unauthorized free sledding, risky sledding. But they're staying over to where it's a little bit less steep. And obviously somebody, we didn't invent this as a sledding hill. We didn't come up, we didn't come up with it as a place to go. But somebody has built uh, a little bit of a a ramp, I guess, to slow you down, a little slow downhill at the bottom. And I get this kind of like air about me, this conceited like, oh, I'll show this family how it's done because I'm from Colorado. I am Nikki and I'm experienced. This is my mother's territory (laughs) as a squirrel. And I know how to sled because I came out of panning down a hillside when I was young, totally unscathed. And I also used to hold on to cars that went 9,000 miles per hour with a drunken high driver and uh, never did not a scratch, not an injury there. So I'm going to show everybody how it's done. Well, I'm kind of judging this family because they all have jeans on. And I'm thinking, please, I'm from Colorado. I know how to dress. And then I thought, tone it down, Nikki. You're in a Ted suit. You're literally you and your two kids are wearing a Ted costume. I, You have no room to judge anybody for what they're wearing. You are not a local. This is not your town. You are a tourist. So get your tourist butt up this sledding hill and show these people how sledding is done. And I did. I kind of pushed it, pushed the envelope a little bit. I went up a little bit higher than I'd seen any other sledding tracks go. It was so stupid. And I put my sled there. And it was really hard. Bootsy gave up on sledding. She was the smartest one of all. She gave up on sledding because she and she couldn't get Kevin. Kevin kept pulling her and she couldn't quite get up the hill because you'd get up and you'd slide right down. So it was really hard. So she just gave up on it. And I was kind of like, oh, she's going to miss out. 
I'm so glad she didn't go. I stick my sled down and you have to hop on it real quick because it'll slide away from you. And I hop on. Sandler's up there with me. And I go sledding down like 9,000 miles per hour. There were two bumps at the bottom. I hit those things and then I hit the alley-oop that they had built to slow you down. And I must have caught about six feet air. At least that's what it felt like. Actually, it felt like I caught about 25 feet air. And this family that's sledding on the less sleep, the, the smarter family that's sledding where it's less steep, they're flipping out. They're cheering. They're like, oh my God, we haven't seen anybody do that. I felt like it was slow motion. Not one part of me told me to get off or roll away. I held on for dear life and I saw my entire life flash in front of me. Then I land and it was such a compact, painful landing because my ba- everything's just going onto this plastic sled onto the icy, slushy snow and I keep going. I just keep riding it into the little parking lot or the little parking area where my car is. I land a few inches from the flipping car <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit, that was terrifying. That was the scariest thing ever. And I look up. And in the corner of my eye, Sandler looks at me and I give him the thumbs up to just mention I'm okay. That's kind of our sign at the skate park. If he's in a bowl and he falls, I do the thumbs up. He thinks I'm giving him the thumbs up to sled. So he hops on his sled. I didn't even have the chance to tell him, don't do it. Go lower. Don't go from that high. He's on that sled. He's going 9,000. Of course, he's lighter than I am. So he's going 9,000 miles per hour down this hill. I run and I at least get myself over the slowing downhill. But it's too late. I want him to jump off. And he he doesn't. I don't even get the words out of my mouth. He flies. He probably gets twice as much air as I do. And then I'm laughing. He's got this big smile on his face. It seems like it's in slow motion. He goes so high in the air and he comes down. And I can't even see where he lands because he's on the other side of this mound. But it looks so funny, I can't stop laughing. And I think he gives me the thumbs up and I'm pretty sure he did. But then there was just this weird feeling, the mother instinct, the parental instinct of, oh God, Oh God, something's not right. And I'm thinking he stopped right where the chain link fence is. There's a chain link fence there, Nikki. Like, think about it. He's there. He's hit the fence. Didn't even dawn on me. He's right by the pole that holds the chain link fence up. So I go running to him. And this family who's watched the whole thing, they start asking me if he's okay. They're calling him a she. Is she okay? Is she okay? And I don't know. Oh my God, I don't know. So I run over and he said, my nards, my nards. And I look and his legs, he's completely credit carded himself. Like his legs are straddled around. He's gone through the chain link fence. I don't think he broke through it. I think it was broken, but he's gone through the chain link fence and straddling the pole of the fence. And I'm thinking, oh my God, it's all over. His, his manhood, it's done. It's all over. It's done. Oh my God. Fortunately, by the time he could finally talk, it had gotten his upper thigh. It hadn't quite gotten the man parts. Thank God. And all I thought was, how fucking stupid are you, Nikki, that you just 
pulled that. What was that? You just, the morning of that same day, you landed on your head. You went down a flight of steps and smacked your head. Nothing about that event told you maybe put helmets on. You've got the helmets. You thought about wearing the helmets when you were on your way up and you were getting nostalgic and revisiting all the times you'd gone sledding in the past in Colorado, your extreme sledding, your extreme sledding career. You knew you should have helmets on. You didn't put a damn helmet on your kid and you didn't wear one. That was the dumbest thing ever. And he looked at me and he said, I don't think I want to go sledding anymore. And I said, that is fair. But man, that was a good run. And we both were, once it was time to laugh about it, it took a little time for him to get over that fear and that scare. It took me, I will never get over that fear and scare of what that was. But so once we could laugh about it and had a good laugh about comparing it to the Chevy Chase and Christmas vacation on his saucer, catching fire and going down the mountain, crossing the street, we got a good laugh, but I could sense that we were all a little bit uneasy. And we we went back to the, the cabin. I made dinner. And everybody was ready for bed pretty early. I think we were all in bed <laughs> out of fear, out of pain, in bed probably at about 8.30 p.m. And I wake up and we're, I'm drying out the TED suits. You know, we've got the fireplace is still going, but it's dwindling. And the TED suits are all lined up to, to dry by the fire. And I wake up what I think is in the middle of the night but it's probably, since we went to bed so early, it's probably about 10.30. And I think the whole cabin is on fire. There's this scent. And I'm sniffing and I'm thinking, is it on fire? You know that feeling when you're in bed and you think you hear something, but you're paralyzed by the fear? You're just like terrified and you just lay in bed and you're kind of like, do I cover my head and pretend I'm not here and kind of stop breathing? I was having one of those moments, only... I'm thinking the whole cabin's on fire. I smell this extremely strong smell. And it's smoke, but it smells, you know, the air in the mountains is so much drier than where we live. But it also kind of smells like weed or adult chicken. But I'm too afraid because I'm picturing after the day that we had of the almost knocking myself out on the stairs and all the pain and all the craziness of the sledding adventure. I'm thinking, oh, perfect. Now we're going to die in a house fire, a cabin fire. The whole place has got to be on fire. And I'm picturing everything being on fire. And I thought, get out of bed, Nikki, get out of bed. But instead I do this weird thing. We're all in one bed because it's only got, it's a studio. It's only got one queen size bed. So we're all snuggled up together. (laughs) I, I wake Bootsy up. She's such a tough personality and strong person that she doesn't get scared by things (laughs) so I wake her up instead of getting instead of doing the parental thing of going to check to see if the cabin is on fire I wake Bootsy up and I'm like Bootsy Bootsy wake up do you smell fire and she opens her eyes and she said mommy it's adult chicken it's just adult chicken And I thought, that's what I thought. It kind of smelled like adult chicken. But why is it so strong? We're in a cabin. We don't, we're not in a hotel room. We're not sharing walls. Why do I smell adult chicken? And isn't it really powerful and strong? I felt like when I woke up, I was at a reggae concert. I mean, it was so strong. And I don't care. I honestly don't even mind the smell of adult chicken, which is, if you haven't figured this out by now, it's what we call weed in our house. 
I felt like it was in our our place. And I thought I was burning down the house. Then I finally went outside to make sure nothing was on fire, make sure there wasn't a weed fire going on. And, and no, it wasn't. And the next day I kind of investigated and I realized it must have been the neighbors. And I thought, well, if nothing else, maybe that medicinal weed factor helped us maybe feel not so much pain, but that wasn't the case. We were very sore, Sandler and I, from the sledding adventure and from my falling down the stairs. So we decided to take it a little easier the following day and we went bowling. And I did my arm in bowling. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it's leftover from the 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 workout I had the week before or if it was from the fall I don't know if I hit my arm I know I hit my head I don't know if it was partly from sledding but now everything hurts and now to tell you the truth I can't get out of that town fast enough I just want to go home I am hurting I want my own bed I don't want to wake up to the smell of a reggae concert I don't want to be in the mountains anymore I'm done so the morning we were leaving to come back home, I took Kevin for a walk and I just reflected on the fact that I really can't relate to being a mountain person anymore. It just, it, there's nothing I miss about it at all. I enjoyed going there because it made me appreciate home so much. And I knew it was going to have done the same thing for my kids. And I really liked that. And I thought, gosh, I really can't relate. I'm glad I grew up in the cold weather. I'm glad I grew up driving in in snow and on passes and all the crazy that we did. And I'm glad that that was my childhood. But if I never live in a snowy climate again, I am so okay with that. And I think it gave my kids the same found appreciation for coming home. I think it made, you know, so many people had asked Sandler if he was going because he told everybody he had the opportunity to tell that he was going to the mountains and everybody just assumed he was going snowboarding and I know he really wanted to go snowboarding I know he really wants to try snowboarding and undoubtedly he'd enjoy snowboarding but it's just it's not where we're at right now (laughs) it's not the hassle of it it's so much work it made me appreciate skateboarding that much more there I didn't think I could appreciate skateboarding anymore but the fact that we go to parks that are free the fact that you just put I complain about putting pads on never again will I do that after gearing up and having to do this and even the pain I thought I never imagined in a million years that sledding would be more dangerous than skateboarding (laughs) but at least skateboarding we're padded up we've got all of our pads on we've got the helmet it's just an automatic we do not skate without a helmet I do not skate without nor does Sandler without elbow pads knee pads sometimes I even sneak on my hip and butt pads oh my gosh it was so much more dangerous and it was funny on the way home we couldn't get home fast enough it was very different very different car ride than the one with the eager anticipation to get there and we were just exhausted we were all so tired you would have thought we were in charge of plowing snow for three days straight it was just a lot of work being in a mountain town in the snow is a lot of work and there is a whole new found appreciation for being home so today's special edition is a little video of our adventure up to Big Bear. If you're tuning in on Apple or Spotify podcasts, obviously you can't see it, but if you'd like to view it, you can go onto YouTube and find it at the end of this episode.
Please tune in next week for an episode all about Valentine's Day. It's a Valentine's Day special. And I will have two special guests, the two loves of my life, Bootsy and Sandler. And I'd love it if you would like, follow, share, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Tell all your friends. And you can find me on YouTube at Adult Chicken as well as adultchicken.com, Spotify and Apple Podcasts, Adult Chicken, and Instagram, adult underscore chicken. <laughs>